is good to see you all here tonight. Glad to have a lot of our people back. <clears throat> I've told several of you throughout the holiday season, I know we have some folks who come and some who go and uh, see family. I know we still have a lot that are out of town right now. And uh, I want you to know when you're away, you're missed. We miss when our family's away, and this is our church family. And I miss getting to see you, and especially you who smile, and those of you who amen during the preaching. I really miss you when you're away. It gets kind of quiet sometimes, and you wonder if you're making any sense. So good to have all of you back here tonight. Looking forward to getting everybody back uh, next year, right? That's when everybody's going to come back next year, Lord willing, on Sunday. And uh, looking forward to the new year and what the Lord's letting us be a part of in his plan, you know. A lot of times we look at the will of God and its work and it's something, well, we got to do. But it's a privilege to get to serve the King of kings and Lord of lords, isn't it? It's a privilege that we get to be a part of his ministry. You know, the Lord could have gotten the angels to do the work. I mean, look, they're, they're more capable than we are, and they're probably better looking than we are, and they're probably a little bit bigger than we are, and, and yet he chose to include mankind in his plan, and I'm excited about the new year, really am. Brother Bo and I was working a lot throughout the day today on getting all of the, uh, the finished uh, displays ready for the new year and getting all of those ordered, make sure they're going to be in in time, and excited about the theme. I never, never, ever get over uh, going and spending time with the Lord over uh, maybe September, October, November, begin really seeking out the Lord's will. And what the theme is going to be for the new year. And uh, you'll go check that mailbox maybe in September. There's nothing there yet. And you pray a little bit harder. And then you get over into October and you check the mailbox and it's not there yet. So you learn to pray a little bit harder. And the Lord slowly but surely brings in his will and the goal for the new year. And I'm excited about what it is. Looking forward to introducing it to you on the 9th. I want to encourage you, don't miss that Sunday. That's where we set the bullseye for our year. And it's not only going to be the bullseye just in theme, but it's going to be in the action of what we're seeking to do as a church body in the new year. So I'm excited about that. Looking forward to the new year. I hope you're looking forward to what God wants to do through you in the new year. John chapter 19, remain seated tonight if you don't mind. I'm going to read one verse. And we're going to be picking up in a... In a uh, a very busy chapter with the crucifixion of Christ. But we're only going to read one verse for the sake of context, and then we're going to go back to John chapter 4. So John chapter 19, if you would, look down to verse number 30. John 19, verse number 30. Here's Jesus. He's been crucified. The Bible says in verse number 30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, now watch the red letters if your Bible is like mine, and these are red letters, the Bible says, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. I'm going to read that one more time. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this passage tonight. Lord, we could spend weeks and months preaching the wonderful truth and the power of what's contained in these words. I pray you'd help us tonight to share the simple message, the burden you've given us. I pray you'd speak to hearts, help us to have our hearts open and ready to receive it tonight. Help us respond to it, not be stagnant during the invitation time. Let's finish the year strong in your will, being obedient to the message for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. This is always one of my favorite services, but I promise you when we come to this service, the last service of the year, I always come to it with two different emotions uh, that are on the different ends of the spectrum. The first emotion I have is excitement. Uh, that we made it through another year, right? Uh, I mean, we're always excited to make it through a year, but the last two in particular, you have to admit that we're excited that we just made it through toward the end of the year and that Lord blessed us by his grace to be able to get through all the things that come our way. And we could spend weeks going around the room and just all talking about the different challenges we had in the, in the last year, things we personally had to go through and grow through and get over. And so
so we're excited about that, excited about the new year that's coming. We kind of feel like, hey, we did it. We made it through 2021. And then the other side of that coin is we begin to reflect, don't we? We start looking back at the year, and we're thinking, yeah, we did it. We did it. We made it through the year. But then you start wondering, what did we do? You know, we made it through the year, but is that all that we did? We just got through the 12 months to 365 days. And, and so then you begin to think to yourself, what all did I accomplish in 2021? Uh, it's like when I was a younger man, uh, you know, before I was married, I would just take my paycheck and I would go to the mall. And I made very good money for a young man in construction. And I would buy what I wanted. I really would. Uh, I was into shoes and I was into clothes. That was my thing. And food, of course. And that's what I would spend a lot of my money on. And, you know, I'd go to town with several hundred dollars in my pocket. I'd come home and uh, get back to the house. And I'm expecting to reach into my pocket and pull out a few hundred that I had left. And I, lo and behold, those hundreds are not there. Uh, all that's left is a few random ones and some nickels and some quarters. And I'm thinking to myself, where is my money? Someone did not give me my change back. And then you start adding up the receipts. And sure enough, you wasted every bit of it. And uh, you look at what you've got and you're not thinking it was all worth it. Now, that's the way our year is, isn't it? Uh, we feel like, hey, man, I had a good year. We made it through by God's grace. And then you start thinking about, okay, we did it. But what did we do? What did we accomplish in 2021? And we start looking back and look, there's nothing like looking back and seeing what you did accomplish. There's nothing like looking back and seeing personal growth you had. I hope each and every one of us tonight can look back in 2021 and see areas we have grown and things we've grown through. Uh, I used to tell one of, one of our guys up at our church in Louisiana, we would go through difficulty together, starting a new church. Now, you're literally birthing the church, and you're, I mean, it's travail, getting a new church off the ground. And I would tell one of our staff guys all the time, I'd say, let the opportunity grow you. All right? You go through adversity, let that opportunity grow you. Don't go through it, grow through it. And uh, boy, has that rang in my ears the last two years. Let the opportunity grow you. I hope we can all look back in 2021 and see areas we've grown. Doesn't that feel good when you can see that? All right, I'm not talking about waistlines either, all right? I think we could all look back probably in the last 21 hours, not just in 2021, and we could all see areas we've grown. Isn't it good when you can look back on the last year and see where maybe you've become more faithful? For maybe you were hit and miss in church. Maybe you weren't a Wednesday nighter, you know? You kind of have to grow into that Wednesday night thing. And hey, Sunday's good, make Sunday night, then you grew into Wednesday night and you look back and say, man, I'm more faithful at the end of 2021 than I was in, in 2020. Or maybe you look back and you can see some fruit in your life. Maybe you passed out your first gospel track in 2021. And boy, it was hard taking that gospel track out of your pocket and giving it to the lady at Burger King. But boy, you look back and you did it. Or maybe you even led your first soul to Christ in 2021. And boy, you look back and you're thankful. Wow. So many years of my Christian life, you never led anybody to the Lord. And this was the year you look back and you can see where you accomplished something. Maybe you had a victory in 2021. We all fight battles. We all have weaknesses. And maybe you finally beat something in 2021. You got victory over it. It doesn't have victory over you. And it's always good at this service, at this place in the year, to look back in our spiritual life and see where we've grown, where we've had victory, we've had accomplishments. That's why Proverbs 13, 19, the Bible says, the desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul. When you can look back and you can see things you were able to accomplish. Now, inevitably, as we look back, if you're anything like me, at first we get excited about what we accomplished. 
but inevitably, inevitably you're going to look back and you're going to see a lot of things that we didn't accomplish. You see a lot of areas of a time that we did not redeem. The Bible says redeem the time, the days are evil. We're to redeem our time like we redeem coupons and we re redeem points online. Well, our time is that way. We have to redeem that. And we look back over 2021 and inevitably we're going to see a lot of things we did not get to. Uh, I live my life by list, and I've started putting a lot of my list on my phone, and uh, I just add to those lists. I have daily lists, I have weekly lists, and I have yearly lists, things that I need to get done. And what I love more than anything, I don't put checks by the boxes of things I got done. I put the thumbs up. Uh, I told my wife last night, I says, when I die, put me in that casket, and you get that funeral home guy to put my thumbs up, okay? Y'all make sure she does it. She's in nursery tonight. So you make sure when I die that my thumbs up. That's the way I want it to be. I don't want it to be a thumbs down. My thumb's going to be up. Why? I have finished what I came here to do and what God called me to do. I love putting the thumbs up beside the things on my, my to-do list. But boy, you start looking at that to-do list, and you see a lot of things that we did not get done. A lot of things the Lord led us personally to do that we did not accomplish. Now, here's the sad truth. The sad truth, that feeling is familiar. You know why? Because we felt that way at this service last year. We started looking back at things that we did accomplish and the Lord allowed us to do. I'm talking about as a church and then personally, maybe in your home, in your family. And you see areas where we didn't quite finish what the Lord had us to do. Now, folks, if we're going to get to the place to where we please the Lord, fulfill his will in this lifetime, we've got to learn how to finish to where at this service, at the end of every year, we're not looking back with a lot of regrets. We're looking back rejoicing because we finished what God had given for us to do in 2021. You know there's just mere hours left in 2021, just mere hours left. And the Lord gave us all an allotment of duties in 2021, and I pray we did them. But oftentimes we find we get distracted and don't finish what God left us here to do. So what we've got to learn is to do exactly what Jesus is talking about in verse number 30. Look what he, he said while he's on the cross finishing the sacrifice for our sin. The Bible says he said simply, it is finished. It is finished. Do you know what all of us would love to be able to do tonight? Look back on 2021 and say, it's finished. I did what God left me here to do in the year that God gave me to do it. Now, folks, if we don't learn how to finish, we're never going to finish. And so tonight, we're going to follow in the life of Christ. And I'm going to help you just a little bit for the time that we have left here tonight. Uh, if the Lord should tarry, I'm going to help us a little bit with time management as we go into the new year following Christ and how he finished the work his father left him to do. And so I was studying the life of Christ in preparation for this message. And I found something neat in John 4. Turn there with me, if you will. John chapter number 4 in verse number 34. John chapter 4, verse 34. Now, what are we looking at tonight? We're looking at finding the way that we can finish, that we finish what God left us here to do. Well, Christ says it is finished, so he finished it, but how did he get around to doing that? How did Christ finish the work that his father gave him to do? I think we'll find the answer in a familiar passage. John chapter 4, look down to verse number 34. The Bible says this, Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to what? finish his work. 
All right? And so Christ didn't just decide to finish the will of his father when he was on the cross. Christ decided early on that he was going to finish the work that his father had left him there to do. So as I read through John chapter 4, I saw some amazing truths where Christ gives us an example of how each and every one of us can redeem the time if the Lord tarries in the new year and finish the work. So tonight we're going to look at this thought of finding a way to finish. Finding a way to finish, I'm going to give you four things, okay? I know I normally give you three, but I think finishing the year up, we got to finish strong, and I'm going to give you one to grow on, right? How you do the birthday spankings, one, two, three, and one to grow on. Well, I'm going to give you one point to grow on. Now, look back up to verse 4 of chapter number 4. He said in verse 34, he says, My meat is to do the will of, of him that sent me and to finish his work. How did he do that? Well, in John chapter 4, we know this passage about the woman at the well. Now, watch how he gives us an example of how we can redeem the time and finish the work that God left us here to do. Verse number 1, <clears throat> the Bible says, <clears throat> When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, watch closely. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. Verse 4 is very important. And he must needs go through Samaria. Now notice that. He must needs go through Samaria. This is very important. Christ could have gone anywhere that he wanted to go. He was Jesus Christ. I mean, he could do like they do on Star Trek, but in real life, he could beam himself up anywhere that he wanted to go. And yet, of all the places that he could go, the Bible says in verse 4, he must needs go through Samaria. Now, the reason that's important is because of all the places he could go, there was only one place that he must go. Stick with me. This is very important. This Jacob's well that we're reading about here was a predetermined stop in his father's will for his life. He says, I must go there. So number one tonight, if we're going to find our way to finish and to finish the work our father has given us to do, number one, here's the first lesson Christ is showing us in verse four. We've got to learn to manage our must, okay? We've got to learn to manage our must. You say, what are you talking about? Are you talking about our must, how we stink? No, we're not talking about that, okay? One of the great dilemmas of my day is this. The great dilemma is differentiating between what is something I might do and something I must do, all right? Do you ever have that problem in your life? There's so many things that we can do with our day, and there's so many things we can do with our time. I mean, we can sit there on our phone all day and just veg out playing Candy Crush. Uh, I hope you don't do that, but I'm sure there's a lot of folks who do. Uh, we can sit home and watch, you know, marathon episodes of The Price is Right, you know, the good old days when Bob Barker was still there with that small microphone. We could do that with our time. Uh, we could leave the house and go walk laps around the mall for our help. I hear people do that now, try to burn some calories and stay a little bit younger. We can do just about anything with our time. But do we realize tonight, out of all the things we may do and all the things we might do, God has predetermined things that we must do. Do. That's the will of God for our life. When we wake up in the morning, all the things we might do with our time. I've watched my daughter. She's in the nursery tonight. Uh, I've watched her during the holiday time where she's out of school, and she doesn't know what to do. She wakes up, and she's like, what do I do with my day? You know, one day I left her on the couch. She would hate me to say this, so hopefully she's not going to go back and watch it. 
I left her on the couch. Let and I came up to the office Monday or Tuesday, whatever day it was, and working away, getting ready for the new year. And we came back. She's still on the couch. I don't know that she moved the whole time we were there. Couldn't figure out what to do with her time. She didn't have anything to do. We didn't leave her a list that day. We didn't have any chores for her that day. We just let her have an entirely free day. Well, understand this. The will of God is different. Our Father left us here uh, to do something that must be done. And so out of all the directions Christ could go, Christ is showing us it's important that if we're going to be able to say one day, it is finished. Wouldn't we love to be in this service a year from now, looking back on 2022, and honestly and earnestly within our heart be able to say, it is finished. I did the work my father gave me in 2022. It may not have been perfect. I was not perfect. And there were some things I could have done better. But oh, what a blessing it is to look back on a year and realize I found a way to finish. You know how you did that? You learned to manage your must. So what do you mean by that? Well, a lot of the things that we think we must do, we don't must need to do. Okay? I'll give you an example. This morning I got up. I come in around 9, 9.30 during the, the break, get to my office. I had two meetings before lunch today. Good meetings. I always like good meetings. Uh, if you want to meet and you have a good meeting, set it up. I love good meetings. If you have a bad one, call Brother Nate when he gets back into town, okay? I love good. I had two good meetings this morning. Folks wanting to join the church and just excited about that. That's always an encouraging thing for your day. And So I had my meetings and then some uh, pre-marriage counseling this morning. Uh, after lunch, I had 2022 prep, getting ready, making sure we had everything ready for the building and the theming and just the look of everything, getting it just right. And So that was on things I must do today. You have to place those orders to get things in, in time to have uh, Vision Sunday on the 9th and then had to prepare for tonight, obviously, and then I wanted to get a haircut today. Man, when my hair starts touching my ears, I don't know, listen, I don't know how guys with shaggy hair do it. If it starts touching my ears, it's like, I have that hippie alert going on, you know, that, man, it's just getting a little bit too long. No, I just hate, it tickles my ears, and I have big ears, so that's a lot of surface area uh, to be tickled. And so I thought, I need to get a haircut. So got to the office, had my two meetings, uh, went into 2022 prep, went into prep for tonight. That's something I must do. I mean, I, I've got to be ready to preach. I got toward the end of the day, and I didn't have time to go and get my hair cut. So my haircut was something that I may do or something that I might do, but it was not something that I must do. But my meetings this morning, those were things I must do. Uh, pre preparing for 2022, those are things I must do. Preparing to preach tonight, those are things I must do. But here's what happens. The reason we get to the end of a year and we look back and we realize we didn't accomplish all that we could is we got our mights and our must all mixed up. A lot of things that we might do and we may do and we could do and places we could have gone took the place of things that we must do. Now, folks, tonight, I don't know about you, I have a big problem with that. There's a lot of things I'd like to do. A lot of things we can do. We live in America, the land of opportunity. It may not be what it was. Go to a foreign country, you'll find out. It's way better than any other place you'll ever go. And we can go places and do things. There's all kinds of things to distract us, but it can't distract us for the reason that our Father left us here. Look, you want to reach the end of your life, and as you prepare to draw your last breath, you want to be able to look back on the time God gave you and to say, it is finished. I finished it. It wasn't perfect. Man, sometimes I made a mess of it. But boy, that's where the grace of God comes in. And the reason you'll be able to say that is you learn to manage your must. Make sure the things you must do are things you must do. 
the other day, I, um, you know, my wife got us this little car, and uh, the, the deal we got on it's because there's a few things that need to be worked on, brakes need to be changed and whatnot. And, and so I said, well, hey, I can change the brakes. And uh, so then I went home yet, uh, yesterday evening to change the brakes, and I came in, and I wanted a cup of coffee. You know, it just restarts your day when you have another cup of coffee. And I says, you know what? I think I may just sit down and have a cup of coffee and then go do the breaks. And so I did. I made a cup of coffee. Boy, the Starbucks holiday blend. I call it Christmas blend just to make them mad because that's what it is. It's a Christmas ornament, not a holiday ornament, okay? And it's, it's just the red one. I love it. They only make it this time of the year. And I brewed it up, and I sat there on the, co- on, uh, on the couch, put my coffee on the coffee table, and then something strange happened. Everything went black. Do you know why? Because I had closed my eyes. That happens when you close your eyes. Everything goes black. And I went, I looked over, and there's my wife sitting on the couch smiling at me. Evidently, I started dozing, pecking corn. And I looked at the first question, did you take a picture? I just knew it was going to be on social media. Did you take a picture? She says, nope, I left my phone. That shows you she thought about it. I really need to, look, we, we, we're going to go to her, her uh, family's for Christmas this weekend, and uh, I need to change the brakes on the car. That's something I must do. You need brakes, all right? I must change the brakes before we go on this trip, but I may drink a cup of coffee, and my may got in the way of my must, and the brakes have not been changed yet. Now, folks, that's the way our lives are. One day, watch this, you're going to keep doing all the things you may do and might do, and you're going to get to the end of your life, and you didn't accomplish all that you must do, and you're going to look back and regret, but guess what? You can't back up. Time is up. Jesus was able to stay on the cross. It is finished. Why? Because back in chapter number four, he says, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. He says, I must needs go through Samaria. Therefore, he was managing all of his must. Listen to these scriptures right quick just to show you this is not a one-shot deal. Luke chapter number 2, verse 49. Remember when Jesus was a boy and he got lost. Remember that? Parents couldn't find him. I think we've all gone through that before. His parents found him in the temple. What did the Bible say? And he said unto them, how is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? He was already working on his must. Everybody else was heading back to the house. Jesus says, I must be about my father's business. You see, Jesus was always looking toward the end to determine what he must do. Now, folks, if you'll get that principle right there, it'll help you in every area of your life. Start looking toward the end of things, the end of your day, the end of your hour, the end of your time with your children. Start thinking about the end of all of that, and all of a sudden your priorities become clear, and all that you must do is right there before you. Why? Because you're thinking about the end. And yet, why do we get so distracted in this life? Because we're distracted by this life. We're not thinking about our end. John chapter 9, verse 4, what did he say? I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. What is he thinking about? He's thinking about the end. And the end is determining what he must do. Folks, if we thought about our end, I guarantee you'd be more busy doing the things you must do than things you might do. I spend a lot of time with people who are not well physically, People that, according to the doctors, are dying of cancer. It's not a week goes by. I don't spend time with someone who will probably leave, leave the world sooner than I will. They have cancer. 
and I'll sit there and talk with them and visit with them. It's amazing how challenged I am by their faith and their fervor. You know why? They've come to grips with their end, and they're busy doing what they must do before they reach the end. Do you know none of us are guaranteed tomorrow? You don't know when your end is. You better start thinking about your end so that you'll figure out what you must be doing so that you can say it is finished and he can say well done. That's where the well done comes from. So number one, learn to manage your must. Learn to manage your must. Real quickly, look down if you will, uh, look down if you will to verse number five. The Bible says, then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave his son, Joseph. So Jesus goes on to this well, but wait a minute, where were the disciples at? The Bible tells us that his disciples had gone on to town to get something to eat. They were hungry. All right, now stick with me. This is very important. We're learning how to find a way to finish. You've got to learn to manage your must. But then we see that Christ had to go on to the well by himself. He says, I must needs go. And the disciples went on into town. Now, why is that important? Well, Christ said something he needed to do. That meant the others had to go on without him. Here comes a doozy right here. Number two, if you're going to find a way to finish, you've got to be satisfied with staying behind. You've got to be satisfied with staying behind. And I'm going to tell you tonight, one of the greatest fear that mankind has is the world passing him by. One of the greatest fears. As a matter of fact, there's a term we use in society today, I guess our teenagers probably use it more than we do, called FOMO. We know what that is? FOMO. It's amazing. Everybody under 30 is going, everybody over 30 is like, huh? What did he just say? Can he say that behind the pulpit? FOMO. Fear of missing out. It's actually a terminology, a phrase that's used in society that we're worried that we're going to miss out on something. We have to keep up with the Joneses. We have to go with the majority and go where everybody else is going because we don't want to miss out on what everybody else is doing. And because we're so busy keeping up with everybody else and where everybody else is going and trying to keep up with what's popular in society, we're missing out on what God left us here to do, the things we must do. Christ is showing us, watch, he told the disciples, you guys go on ahead. I have something I have to do here. I'm going to stay behind. Now, I'm going to tell you tonight, it's not easy being left behind. It's not easy staying behind while everybody else is moving forward and going on about their way and pursuing their desires and their dreams. But sometimes in the will of God, if you're going to accomplish what God left you here to do, you must be satisfied with staying behind. You guys go on ahead. There's something I have to do, and I have to stay behind. I read an article today in the Economic Times. Listen close. It talks about how social media has blown up this FOMO phenomenon where everybody's afraid of missing out. We can get on our phones and on social media, and we have a unique way of, in real time, looking into other people's lives. You know? Used to, they'd have called you a pervert for that. You know, We're looking into people's lives and seeing what's going on in their lives. We know where they're going to eat. We know where they're going on vacation. We know what they bought uh, at Target. We know what they bought at Walmart. We know what flavor ice cream they had. And we see what everybody else is doing. And what does it do? Peer pressure comes in on us. Oh, wait a minute. They bought a new car. I got to buy a new car. They got a bigger house. I got to get a bigger house. Uh, look, look what they bought for their kids for Christmas. Yeah, they went into debt to do it, okay? 
Uh, I mean, the worst thing you could hand your child when you die and leave this world is a bunch of credit card bills. I got to keep up with all them. The fear of missing out. And we're busy chasing everybody else instead of saying, you know what? There's something my father left me here to do. I must needs go through Samaria. I'm going to be satisfied with staying behind. You guys go chase all of that. You guys go chase what you want. There's a work for me to do, and I'm going to be satisfied with staying behind, even if I have to stay behind by myself. That's hard. There's a lot of people going to get to end this life, and they're going to look back, and the will of God, that box has not been checked. You know why? FOMO. Fear of missing out. And I want to have what they have and do what they do and go where they go. And yet Christ shows us here he stayed by himself and allowed the opportunity to come to him. First Samuel chapter 8 is a, a wonderful account of peer pressure. I won't read the whole thing, but we know the story well of where Israel had rejected God of being their king. We, we don't want you to be our king. We want to have an earthly king. Now listen to what they say in 1 Samuel 8 verse 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us that we also may be like all the nations. Why did they want a king? Because everybody else had one. We don't want to be these weirdos who look to God for our direction. We want to be these oddballs that are by ourselves, lagging behind the rest of the world, not having a king. We're in the Stone Age. I mean, we're still looking to God. Brother AJ and I talked about that last night, Marxism, of how we replace God with man. We don't want to be like that so that we also may be like all the other nations. They were afraid of falling behind. We want to keep up with the rest of the world. And do you know what they did in order to keep up with the rest of the world? They left God behind. Be careful tonight. Be careful. As we look toward this new year, you know, could it be tonight that you're looking back on 2021 and you're like, gosh, I didn't accomplish a whole lot for the Lord. Well, you couldn't. You're too busy trying to keep up with the world to accomplish a lot for the Lord. Look, you ought to be okay with waving goodbye to the world every once in a while. You guys go on ahead. God left me here to do something. I must needs go. I have the will of God for my life to accomplish. I promise you, you're not going to accomplish the will of God for your life in 2022 or the rest of your life if you try to keep up with the world. You've got to be satisfied with staying behind. Can I tell you tonight, sometimes you're going to have to be satisfied with staying behind while some opportunities pass you by. Let them go. Let them go. Why? You must needs do the will of God. So well, it's a good opportunity. It's a great opportunity. But if it takes you away from the will of God, it's a horrible opportunity. Do you know if Jesus had gone with the disciples to get a hot dog or whatever they went to get, he would have been out of position to do what the Father had left him there? He says, I must needs go. His Father predetermined that he be at that well on that day, and he was so sold out to the will of God, he says, you guys go get something to eat. I've got a job to do here. Oh, that our young people tonight would get this. That you'd look around at the world and whatever other young people want to follow the world and be like the world and say, look, you guys go on ahead. I've got the will of God for my life. I'm going to learn to be satisfied with staying behind, even if that means the world passes me by. It's a lonely feeling, isn't it? I mean, grown-ups, we see the world passing us by. And all of us, or I think most of us, have a competitive spirit, don't we? We want to keep up with the Joneses, even though the Joneses don't even know where they're going. We're trying to keep up with them. 
And boy, you say, I could have that. I could be like that. I could give my kids that. But I'll promise you, sticking around the well of where God's called you to be is the greatest gift you could ever give your children. Be satisfied with staying behind. Sometimes you must stay behind when others keep going. My wife tells a story in her testimony. A lot of times she'll tell our girls the story that when she started junior high school, there were eight girls in her group, you know. We all have groups, right? Cliques, you know, bicycle gangs. We grew up to be in a motorcycle gang, but we start off on bicycle gang. You have your group, right? The people that you hang out with, your clique. My wife says there were eight girls in her group that just kind of hung out together, you know. And she said slowly from ninth grade to twelfth grade, one by one by one, they began moving on out to the allure of the far country of the world. And by the time she reached her senior year in high school, there were only two left. They couldn't resist the urge. They couldn't stand being left behind. Oh, they're moving on. They're moving on. Can I tell you tonight that as a pastor who married one of the two, I'm so thankful she was satisfied to stay behind. I can't tell you what my wife means to me. I mean, she, she, she keeps me upright. She keeps me straight. She passes along to me the messages that you pass along to her. I get them, okay? I hear them all the time. You do good, you know? Pass it through the preacher's wife. He'll get the message. I, yeah, I get the message. I'm so thankful for her. But she wouldn't have been as useful to me as she is now had she chosen to pursue the crowd and to go with the majority. Number two tonight, if you're going to find a way to finish, to say, hey, I finished 2022 the way the Lord would have me to, you're going to have to be satisfied with staying behind. Number three, I'm going to give you four. We're on number three. You say, well, that is hard. That is hard. Well, look what happens here. I want to give you some encouragement that will help you stay put when everybody else passes you by. Verse six, now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. It was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. You say, it's hard to stay behind when everybody else is passing you by. It's hard to do right and to stay in the will of God while everybody else is pursuing what everybody else is pursuing. How do I do that and what do I do? Well, notice this. This is beautiful. Jesus managed his must. He was satisfied with staying behind while everybody else went forward. Watch what happened. Randomly, this lady shows up at the right place and at the right time. Now, folks, do you believe that was random? I don't believe at all it was random. I believe it was divine appointment ordained by God. Now, notice what he did. The Bible says he spoke to her, give me to drink. Number three, if you're going to find a way to finish, to look back and see you fulfill God's will, you've got to get occupied with opportunity. Get occupied with opportunity. Now, here's, here's what I love. It's amazing that the opportunity presented itself once Christ arrived at the place that he was supposed to be at. Do you see that? All right? The opportunity, the lady was the opportunity. She was the reason that he had to be at that place at that time. He was, she was the reason that he must be there. She was the reason that when he got there, he let everybody else go on. And then once he got to the place that he was supposed to be, the opportunity presented itself. Can I tell you tonight, if you're going to find a way to finish, you've got to get occupied with the opportunity that God's given us. They're all around us. You know, oftentimes the reason we don't have the opportunities other people have, it's not because God likes them more than he likes us. It's because we're too busy with our mites 
to find out what we must do, therefore we miss out on the opportunity. You know, I believe if Jesus, no, obviously he wouldn't, but if Jesus had went with the other guys, he'd have been out of the place. He'd have missed the opportunity. I think most of us tonight don't have the stories that we'd like to tell about the will of God in our life is because we're out of place. There's a well with your name on it. God has a will for your life. God has a plan for your life. God has a place you are supposed to be, and yet we're chasing the majority, trying to keep up with everybody else, or we're out here running around doing what we might do and what we may do, and we're missing out on the opportunities because we're out of place. You ever hear these preachers that have all these stories? Not even preachers, uh, even just Christian people who have wonderful, amazing stories, and you're thinking, huh, you, you, kind, of, you kind of be mean to them in your heart, don't you? <laughs> God just likes him more than he likes me. No, they're just in the right place at the right time. But I'll tell you this tonight. Oftentimes, being in the right place has to be on purpose. Jesus didn't randomly stroll up to this well and this woman randomly come up there. No, he must needs go. And when he got to the right place, the opportunity presented itself. Are you ever envious of other Christians when you hear how God's using them? I am. I'll listen to some preachers preach, and I have to turn it off. I'm getting jealous. There's a point you listen to preaching when your spirit is quenched, and you're starting to get envious of these other preachers. Man, they just lead people to the Lord right and left. I mean, this guy got in a car wreck, and he led the paramedic to the Lord. I'm thinking, well, I don't want to go that far, you know. I don't want to win somebody to Christ that bad. This guy got pulled over by a state trooper and led the trooper to Christ, and the trooper shredded the ticket I tried that once, it doesn't work. Like, man, this guy just has opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Look, it's not random. They're in the right place. They're not out chasing the crowd. They're willing to stay behind in the will of God. They're willing to say, you know what? I could do that with my time. I might could do that with my time. But no, I must be about my father's business. And all the opportunity you will find if you'll just get occupied with the opportunities that come when you're where you're supposed to be. Jesus said, I got to go to this well, guys. There's an opportunity waiting on me there. So number three. If you're going to find a way to finish in this new year, get occupied with opportunity. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, you know the verse well, neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Do you know when the devil finds a place in your life? He finds a place in your life when you give him a place. All right? He finds a place in your life when you give him a place. Do you know when you give him a place? When you're out of place. God used his son, Christ, at this well. He was in the right place, all right? You get in the right place, God's going to use you. You get out of place, can I tell you what's going to happen? Somebody else is going to use you. Remember David. Remember David. The Bible said there was a time when kings go forth to battle that David tarried. Do you know what that means? In our simple English, David wasn't where he was supposed to be. David was supposed to be in battle. That was his place. That was the will of God. He was the God-called king of Israel. That was his job. And David says, you know what? Watch this. I might just take a day off. I'm going to go back and just chill at the castle for a little while. He's out of place. And so now instead of God using him on the battlefield, the devil's about to use him in seeing Bathsheba. The enemies of God would blaspheme the name of God. David would lose many children. He would have another man murdered and steal his wife. Oh, did the devil use him. Do you know why? He was out of place. 
You'll find the opportunities to be used by God are going to happen when you're in the right place. Get occupied with opportunity. Finally, the disciples come back. Let's look down if we could real quickly. The disciples come back. And the Bible says, let me find the verse here tonight. Uh, verse 29, she says, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. This is the woman that, he's, uh, that he has saved. The Bible goes on down to say, verse 33, here we are. Therefore said the disciples, no, I'm sorry, go back up to 31. I want you to see this. In the mean, while his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. <laughs> so the disciples come back, and they brought him a doggy bag. They were good disciples. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Now, here's what's amazing here. The disciples come back, and they're not exactly sure what's going on. They said, Hey, you need to eat. He says, I've already eaten. <laughs> they said, Well, has somebody brought him something else to eat since he's been here? Jesus says, I have meat to eat that you know not of. And his meat was to do the will of the Father. Finally tonight, if you're going to find a way to finish, to look back and to see, hey, I checked the box at this place and this time in my life. That's what Jesus is showing us. He's showing us how to make sure that we fulfill the will of God in the moments that God gives us. Christ has just given us a clinic on it. Finally, notice, in order to find a way to finish, we've got to seek out what sustains us. Seek out what sustains us. Now, I'll explain, and then we're going to close. Do you know there's a difference tonight in something satisfying you and something sustaining you? There's a big difference. Satisfying is today I went to Subway. I'm almost ashamed of myself to say it. Rather than ordering the six-inch, I ordered the footlong. It's been a long day, busy day, and I'm thinking to myself, what do we say to ourselves? You deserve a footlong. I didn't deserve a foot long. I didn't need a three-inch. But I'm looking on the app, and the six-inch is 329, and the 12-inch is only like 529. I'm like, gosh, man, I can get a whole another six inches for, for less than two bucks? I mean, that's just being prudent with my money, right? Amen, yeah, we know how that works. <laughs> Boy, oh, wretched men that we are. And I ate an entire foot long at my desk today. I did get that good bread, the healthy bread, you know, the wheat and vegetables all over it. I got the spinach, you know, but then I counteracted the spinach with all the mayonnaise, so I guess it wasn't good for me after all. And I sat there and I looked at it and I thought, you ought to be ashamed. I really did. You imagine putting a foot-long sandwich down your throat? You're thinking, I can't believe I did. Do you ever think of stuff like that? Maybe you're just not enlightened as much as I am. That's what it is. And I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm like, gosh, I will not be hungry for days. Give me an hour. I was over at the table in my the little sitting area by the office, and I was digging out some trail mix. It made me feel so much better eating trail mix after eating a foot-long sub. You see, that sandwich satisfied me, but it did not sustain me. Big difference. Do you know what the disciples went chasing after? Something to satisfy them. Jesus says, while you were chasing something that would satisfy you, but you would need it again, I was getting something that would sustain me. I have meat to eat that you know not of. My meat, look at verse 34, is to do the will of him that sent me. This is the same lesson the woman was learning at the well. She was talking about regular water. Jesus was talking about living water. He says, this water 
can satisfy you, but it can't sustain you. Do you know tonight why so many of us are going to get to the end of 2022 and we're going to look back at this service, mark my words of the Lord's Terry's, we'll be at this service right before the new year and we're going to look back on 2022 and we're going to be like, good night. There's a lot that I didn't get done. A lot that I know the Lord wanted me to do, growth, victory, a lot of uh, fruit that God wanted me to have in my life and it's not there. It's just not there and you can't go back. It's gone. And you know the reason tonight that that you're not going to have all of that is because you're going to get busy spending 2022 seeking out things that satisfy you rather than what sustains you. You know what will sustain you? What's the same thing that sustained Jesus? Verse 34, to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Folks, there's nothing like doing the will of your father. It's far better than a foot long from Subway, I assure you. And oh, it lasts longer. The other day, my wife and daughter and I got to go soul winning together. We don't get to do that often. And boy, it was just so sweet being with my family, getting to go soul winning, knocking on doors, telling people about Christ, inviting people to our church. There was something that that did for me and does for you like nothing this world can offer. But you've got to decide, you know what? Rather than chase after what satisfies me, I'm going to go after what will sustain me, and that's doing the will of my Father. So in this upcoming year, can I tell you what my prayer is for our church? My prayer is that individually and then collectively as a body, we'll look back on 2022 a year from now if the Lord tarries. And we're going to look back and like Christ on the cross say, it's finished. Wouldn't it be neat right now to look back on 2021 and feel like you finished the year? It's finished. I did the work my father gave me to do in this year. But unfortunately, I bet tonight a lot of us are looking back on 2021 thinking, I missed it. I missed it. You know why you missed it? You didn't manage your must. You didn't manage your must. You did all these things you might do and may do, but the things you must do, you left those wanting. Or maybe tonight you sought out things that could only satisfy and not sustain. Maybe tonight the reason you're going to look back on the year and not see all the fruit that you could have had is because you weren't satisfied to stay. You know what? I'm going to let the world pass me by. One of the most liberating days in your Christian life is when you tell the world, go ahead. I'm going to stand right here. You find the will of God for your life. You find what God's called you to do. You find what God left you here to do, and you tell the world, it's okay. You guys, you guys go on and get the hot dog. I'm going to have the T-bone. It's okay. Young people, could I beg you to do something in this new year? Be satisfied to stay. Get off of TikTok. Get off of Facebook. Get off of Instagram. Let me tell you what's happening. You're getting on there, and it gets your heart racing. <sighs> this is who I got to be. This is how I got to act. This is what I got to do to stay up with everybody. That's why we adopt their fads, don't we? That's not just our kids. Grown-ups, it happens to us too. Look, best thing you could do is close this window right here. Just close it. Close it, and I'm going to open this window right here, and I'm going to find what you've called me to do, and you know what? You guys, go ahead. You guys, go ahead and get the next TikTok challenge, whatever it is. Go ahead. You guys, just go on ahead. I'm going to stick out here. Why? Because I want to find what God left me here to do. I want to find something that sustains me, not something that just satisfies. Because can I tell you what's going to happen? There's going to be another TikTok challenge next week, and another one. Why? Because they can't sustain you like the will of God can. Tonight, church, let's decide right now at the last service of 2021 that we want to look back on 2022 finished. It's finished. It wasn't perfect. We had our problems along the way, 
but we did the will of God in 2022. How do we do that? Let's manage our must. Let's make sure we focus on what we must do. Let's be satisfied with staying behind while the world passes us by. Let's occupy our time with the opportunity God's given us. And then finally, we get to the end of the road. We seek out what will sustain us in doing the will of God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed tonight. Let's stop there. Our heads are bowed, eyes are closed.